We have a lot of videos of the podcast and various other tutorials on YouTube. You can subscribe to our channel at mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash YouTube. Happy mixing and enjoy the show. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba da ba ba ba. Hello and welcome back to the Mixing Music Podcast. I'm your host, DK, and with me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Laser Lou. I don't know. <laughs> if you're seeing this on YouTube, that was really lame, and I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. at least what I did, not the name. Anyway, how you doing, Lou? To, this is uh, we're recording now the day after Christmas, which means the oh, yeah. day before this episode comes out. So if you're watching this the day it came out, that means we recorded this yesterday. <laughs> I'm wearing nothing but underwear. Just kidding. Those of you on YouTube know that's a lie. Um, but uh, no, honestly, it was good. Um, I was trying to be cost effective. As you know, in our industry, this is kind of like the slow time. And at the peak of it is really Christmas and New Year's time, obviously, because everybody's with their family. They're trying to, you know, put more money into like presents and parties and all that kind of stuff. And that's totally understood. But it's also that time where like a lot of rush orders come in. Um, at least that's what I'm experiencing right now. I'm getting the we need it before Christmas or we need it before New Year's kind of rush. Um, but for the last two days, I just kind of took those days to just completely wipe the slate clean and not do any work. No, don't answer calls, like try not to do anything at all. And, um, I gotta say my, my recent, um, resurgence of getting back into like Pokemon cards and all that yielded kind of a nice feeling, which was, uh, you know, because I didn't look into it too much, like the card side of thing for a while, like I didn't know whose kids in my family, we're into Pokemon cards and all that. So I took a bunch of the mystery packs that I've been making that I've been selling online. And um, I just took a few of them. I'm like, I bought a few people gifts. But if I find out somebody likes Pokemon cards, I'll just give them those as little gifts. And I kid you not, it was really nice seeing a bunch of kids just kind of light up over cards. Like, 
you know, uh, Anna was telling me, not in a mean way, but she's like, I just don't see it because it's like you're buying cardboard, shiny cardboard. But you forget that there's kind of an emotional attachment to like if you watch the show, if you play the games, if you have a favorite character and you manage to pull that card. And like one kid literally jumped at seeing one rare card that like, you know, to us adults that collect, it's worth like a dollar or two. But to him, it made him jump with glee, you know, on Christmas. So like that to me was just a really cool experience. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. My Christmas, uh, um, is all has been awesome this last couple of years because my kids are at the age right now where it's like Christmas. This is like the best Christmases they'll ever have in their life. Four year old and two year old. The two year old doesn't quite get it yet, you know. <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, the four year old is just like was excited about it, but also doesn't have crazy expectations because he's not old enough yeah. to hold crazy expectations. It's just like everything was just good. Yeah, and he was super happy with what he got and we were able to spend a lot of time together. So did I um, see him now start riding a bike without the training wheels? Yeah. Was that, was that like part of like Christmas? Was that a new bike or like, did he just like finally just sum up the ability to not need the training wheels anymore? I think that's what it was last this year. We gave him a bike without pedals. So he just uh-huh. pushed with your feet and I think all of that kind of helped him practice his balance without the fear of falling. And then we put him on a bike on first try. He got it without steering wheels. And we rode around the neighborhood yesterday all day. Or yeah, uh, yesterday evening, we went around like the bike path behind our, yeah. the the house and um, behind the studio. And mm-hmm. we uh, just rode for a couple miles. And he was totally just by himself. He can turn and everything. It is just It was insane how quickly he picked it up. Also, this year he started learning how to like write uh-huh. as well and like read a little bit. So uh, he's a, uh, I think, I think he's, well, I'm also a biased dad, but I think that's, that's not normal for someone in preschool to be able to write, you know, their own name and, and other yeah. things, random different things. Anyway, uh, let's get into today's episode. Today's episode is actually a good one. This was a suggested by Lou. And I think we did this last year as well, but this is going to be our wrapped, year wrapped, um, talk about our goals that we had, um, talk about some conclusion, also talk about things that we learned this year. Maybe even uh, if we go into some struggles, whatever, uh, but Lou brought up the idea of sharing one good thing, one difficult thing, and from both of us, each of us individually, and then also uh one together for two together for the studio so one good thing one bad thing about the studio uh, as well that we learned things that we learned from and the bad things are not supposed to be like depressing it's just more like what did we learn from this year yeah and uh the reason why you want to stick around and listen to this episode is because you've been listening to us grow this year Every year, the podcast, part of the reason why I started, the uh, the original first episode, like the two-minute intro episode, I used to say that this podcast was an experiment, and I just wanted to learn and grow, and I was going to share my progress. So this was meant to be like a digital audio journal of my journey through my career. And that's kind of part of the reason why the podcast started and it became less and less about that and more and more about teaching because analytics show that every time we teach a stupid vocal compressor trick, then the numbers go up. Uh, But I think this is a good episode where 
um, you, you as a listener, maybe have gotten to know Lou and I, and um, we could talk about what we've learned and what we grow, how we've grown, uh, so you can be motivated as well as so you can learn from us and our mistakes. If, if I can make the mistakes for you and you can learn from them without having to go through that pain, then more on you. That is, that is very smart. So on that note, Lou, it sounds like you had something that you want to talk about. You want to go ahead and start us off? Sure. Um, let's honestly start with the fail. Um, and I'm calling it a fail. I don't really necessarily see it as a fail, but I feel like it's something I definitely needed a a hard learned lesson from because it's one of those that we're all going to eventually trip up on and it's going to suck and it's it's going to work out either way but uh one of the fails that i had was um looking at somebody's success and using that as a measure of whether you should work with them or not uh, seeing somebody's accolades and using that as a reference point of if it's a good idea to work with them or to continue working with them, even when there's signs that just look like red flags here and there. Um, I won't say who, but in, in a nutshell, you know, you want to support as many people as you can, but there's, there's a funny phrase that I've always kind of heard and it kind of applies. It's uh, don't be captain save a hoe. Um, you know, <laughs> it's a really weird phrase, but the idea is, you know, you could try to help and build and make life easy for everybody that you run into. You could try to make all of your clients, uh, lives easier by pushing as hard as you can on your end. And one of the biggest reasons a lot of us will do this is because we see, you know, these pearly gate situations where it's like, I just got to make it through the gates. And, you know, this might be my opportunity to that. But it doesn't always pan out that way. So you have to learn when you're looking at a situation just because it shines, you know, just because somebody has a great name or great names behind them um, doesn't always mean it's the best situation for you and doesn't mean that you should necessarily allow for certain things that you're not comfortable with to continue happening. Um, one example of how I got bit in the ass over this one is I think that you know, said person still owes our studio quite a bit of money. And because of the relationship, I put the priority on the relationship than on making sure that business was done right. And unfortunately, you know, this isn't the first time it's happened. And this won't be the last time that something like this happens. But I allowed the pearly gates to, you know, get in the way of something that is unfortunately right in your face, more important. You know, uh, what's more important, your your pride or your bills? Let's be honest, your pride has to take a step back when your bills get involved. So part of the fails that I had this year was allowing for things like that to get in the way. So it clouded a better level of judgment. I don't know if if you'd agree with something like that, DK, but, um, you know, I allowed, I feel like I allowed too much of a good opportunity to cloud what was clearly happening in front of me. That, that's That's a good point. I feel like... We've talked about the benefits of not doing music full time, and I think that that's one of them. Where, because the one problem of something like that is that it really it's more than just you know the money that was lost, but it's also you lose a lot of the love for what you're doing. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest cost. Like the money that you lose is whatever. But when you get burned like that or when something happens, it 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 becomes less and less fun to do what you previously thought was fun. Yeah. And then like shit hits the fan. So like that's really unfortunate that that happens. That has that happened to you this year. Um it's unfortunate that it happens to anybody. It shouldn't, you know. Um things happen. And if it's the same person that I'm thinking of, then I'm assuming that I've lost money on this too. <laughs> uh, not currently. There's there's negotiations actively happening. Okay, uh, cool. There may be a stop in services. Well, either way, either yeah. way, um, yeah, it happens. So hopefully, this is uh, this is something that anybody listening can learn from. Sometimes it's really, really great. I think it's okay that if you get burned, like for example, if you have, if you're a nobody and someone gives you the chance to work with someone big and they totally take advantage of you, well, you have no leverage. And I don't think that this is the situation that you're talking about here. Like, like, because you already, you know, pretty stable thing going on. And yeah, so if you're nobody, if you're a total nobody and haven't worked with anybody, have no names, have no accolades and you get totally run over by someone that has a ton, like I think that's just part of the process and then you use that and be like, but I still worked with this person. Like for example, if this would never happen but if like you were working with Sia, right? And mm-hmm. Sia just like, and her team, they just for some reason just like hired you and they just totally ran you over because you're a nobody. They gave you no credits, no names, but then you can eventually, the only thing that you can do out of it is like, well, I worked with Sia and if you can wiggle in like at least your name and the credits somehow or some sort of legitimacy, then you can use that to have leverage for your next negotiation. Okay. Yeah. You know, I did work with Sia and here's a provable point. Um, I didn't make any money from it. And they totally, they took, it didn't give me enough percentage or whatever, but uh, this led me to now working with, you know, Bruno Mars or whatever. Right, yeah. this is just a happenstance. So it, you can build leverage because I also know a lot of people that because in your situation mm-hmm. you have leverage and you're just now building boundaries. But I've also heard of a lot of people do exactly what you did, but without any of the leverage. So they're just like complaining, and they're like, "Okay, well, if you're not willing to eat this this much shit, who says like you know it's it's a really weird balance. Like it's not really oh, yeah. worth breaking the potential network." Uh, especially in the early, early phases. But yeah, in your situation, yeah. I, I do think that that was the right move to make and yeah. it's a sad thing and it shouldn't have happened. No, it is what it is. And you already know me. I'm a very, it is what it is. No point in dwelling in the past kind of mindset. But because of that, it leaves to the win. The win this year that I experienced was, uh, you know, part of it came down to finding ways to kind of get myself organized and have more time at home. We've talked about this many times, and I think I brought this up last year, which was, you know, starting to set up more boundaries. But this time uh, around, it became setting up more boundaries as to what work I accept, what work I suggest out to people, um, what uh, clients I allow myself to work with, too. It became a very, uh, I guess you could say, self-niching kind of process like hey if i haven't worked with you before there's a fat chance uh i'm gonna say yes right away and it's not that i don't want to take on new clients but i don't choose clients anymore based on these accolades which has actually resulted in a much healthier workflow um and the funny thing is 
the people with the accolades aren't the ones that want to pay the most all the time. And I'm not saying that you should take on any client that's trying to pay you the most. It's just that, you know, just by using the word of mouth and using the people that I work with already and just having them kind of refer me to people that they believe is a good match. Um, I found more consistency in not having to chase my payroll, uh, not having to, I guess you could say, rely so much on these bigger names and promoting that work. Because if you noticed, I stopped promoting a lot of like my accolades nowadays on social media. If anything, I've actually started venturing out into doing some really silly things like Pokemon cards online. Not that it's silly because it's lame to do it, but let's be honest, it's not the coolest thing to post online. And yet, you know, I'm still finding work. So it just goes to prove that you don't actually have to try so hard to find people who respect and want your work. Um, And because of that, I feel like that was a big win this time because it's allowed for me to have more time at home with Anna, like being able to go this entire weekend and say, I don't have any work. Like the one, the one tickle was like, okay, cool. We spent all day today and now it's like, okay, cool. I got to do the podcast real quick. But then after we're going to go back to the gym, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. It's like a three day weekend. And I didn't have to worry about, you know, oh my God, these deadlines. Oh my God, this, because I was finally able to have clients that I can communicate. Hey, it's Christmas. Like, I'm sorry, but I'm not doing it. Like, I know you need it, but I please just respect the holiday. And I'm happy to say that this is probably the first year where I didn't have to worry one bit of if it's going to be a problem that it's the holidays. Cool. Yeah. That's, that's a great one. And another thing to add to your list, I feel like, uh, you, I feel like you grew up a lot this year. And I think that's the good thing about my year as well that I was going to say, I think we both grew up a lot this year. I think so. Yeah. Like, um, you were a lot more, at least, I only have like two years of reference, right? Two years before this. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> it's not much history between us yet. But in the first year, we spent almost every day together. Yeah, there you go. I think this yeah. year, um, you had your shit together more this year than you did the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that that is no small feat for sure. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so anyway, just wanted to add that. But for me... I think I'm trying to still think. I don't really think I have a clear view of this, so I'm trying to like form form a thought right now. Sure. But my biggest negative thing, the bad thing this year, um, is that, and and the bad thing that I'm thinking is also a good thing. Um, the bad thing was that I think this year, because of everything that happened with my planning, my move to LA and kind of like my losing of Utah clients slowly after living here and kind of transitioning more to just LA clients, mm-hmm. this was by far um, financially one of the worst years that I've ever had since going full-time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh in in exchange for that the good thing about that was that this was also the best year as a dad like i spent a lot of time with my kids this year i did and, notice that and i i genuinely like i genuinely believe that i was a damn good father this year and so it's like i yeah i didn't make as much money but i was a really i like and i made up for it by spending time with my family so and as you know from my story before for anybody listening that's been listening about my story for a while like last year i did not do that or two years ago i did not do that very well mm-hmm. and so uh 
yeah, this is just coming full circle. Um, I do think that this year, the good news is that I grew up a lot this year, kind of like what I was talking about with you as well. By growing up specifically, um, I've always had really good boundaries, but I think I took boundaries to the next level as making it more personal and less business as well. For example, um, this year I found out that I used to be like really extroverted and I think I still am, but I used to make a lot of friends with a lot of people. And this year I focused on making like my core friends, like my Mm -hmm. core solid three to five friends that I can rely on instead of spreading myself thin with friendship. And I like actually spent time and gave consideration, love to those people. Um, and you know, I think this year was really tough emotionally but I also think that was the reason why I also grew up this year. I, I learned to be more assertive than I was before, but are not assertive in a bad way, but more like more honest than I've ever been before. I think last year I started trying to be a lot more honest and it became, kind of became hurtful. But this year I learned how to ba- balance honesty and standing up for myself, being courageous um, with emotional people specifically. Uh, learn to become a little bit, a lot more stoic and, uh, uh, and a lot more thoughtful. I, I feel like this year I started recognizing and respecting myself a little bit more as an independent thinker, the ability, like, I feel like this year I gave myself the like credit, like I allowed myself to be okay with formulating my own thoughts, no matter how crazy they sound. And I also, and part of the friends thing is I found friends that allow me to share those thoughts. You like, you've heard some of my crazy talks, Lou, Oh yeah. that like, don't <laughs> kick me out the door, even if I totally deserve it, you know, for saying <laughs> some of this crazy shit. And, uh, you know, it's really, it's really awesome. So I think that was this year I learned a lot about myself and kind of fell back in love with music again. Um, and I'm really got, like, I feel like I've really started honing into, uh, mixing, I feel like I've gotten a lot better with mixing this year. There's been a few changes that you've recognized as well that I think I got a lot better with. Um, but that's kind of it for me. I, I The cool, and again, the good news with me, this having been like the worst financial of the year of my professional career is that there's nowhere from, there's nowhere to go but up. So I like genuinely believe that like, I just got this out of my system. Like I just moved to LA. I should have had a bad year, year one. You know what I'm saying? It took a couple of years, but like I just had my bad year. There's nowhere to go but up. And I'm finally starting to make friends in the area and kind of reach out. So like, I, it's very hopeful. It's not like, oh, this is a sign of things going down. For me, this is a sign of, okay, things are going to start actually building on a sturdy foundation now. Oh, yeah. So yeah, honestly good- speaking, that's kind of the beautiful thing. I know that L.A. can be seen as, um, you know, I grew up in L.A., so I'm I'm going to bash L.A. as a native. <laughs> um, so anybody that hears this, I'm sorry, but I grew up out here, and I I'm very aware of my surroundings. The reason I'm very critical about who I call a friend and who I uh, work with is because honesty goes a long way. And in L.A., I'm not saying that people lie all the time. I'm just saying that there's a lot of flaunting going on. There's a lot of like chest pumping going on. You know, everybody's everybody's walking like this. But when they get home, they're the biggest hunchbacks that you've ever seen. Like um, and the reason I'm saying it like this is because there's a lot of people that will promise you the world. There's a lot of people that, and I'm, and I know that there's also a lot of people who really want that for you. Um, in LA, there seems to be a trend of when people, you know, uh, I like to say like, you know, travel, 
to LA, whether they live here or they come here for a little bit, everybody always has the same phrase that I hear, which is LA is funny. Um, LA feels funny. LA people act different. And the reason being is that you're in Hollywood. I'm sorry, but you went to the place where actors and everything live. So everybody wants to, you know, get into the limelight and they'll act however they feel they need to, to kind of reach that at some point. You may run into those people. And I I do, I do think we've talked about this before. I think the reason of that too is, is that most people are not from LA and thus don't have deep connections with anyone here, nor do they plan to have deep connections. So a lot of people come here, not from LA, trying to get rich quick and being willing to burn anyone to do it. So I, I have noticed that like people from LA, like, Kind of like you, but even outside of the music industry, are like real, genuine, kind people, and yeah, like it's it's good to, to remember. Stay quiet and out of the way if we need to, because we're yeah. like, eh, don't talk to them. And it's it's if, really if, been good. Like I do feel like some of like my native LA friends, friends outside of you as well, have also like it's nice to remember that like oh yeah, that's right. Not everybody that lives here works in the entertainment industry. Like this is also a normal place that just happens to have a large entertainment industry. Oh yeah, and because most people that want to be in our industry are not from LA necessarily. Because think about it, we have a whole country. There's 50 states. They moved to one of four major cities they moved to either la new york city atlanta or nashville outside of that you know you have a much lesser chance of succeeding in music depending on your genre Uh, like you don't do trap music in nashville you can but you don't typically see that there now i'm not saying you can't because people have but maybe go atlanta or la you know maybe not uh nashville or new york now, if you're doing um, what, what's the new one that's coming out of New York? Um, that genre of hip hop, uh, I'm forgetting. I have it. no idea what you're talking about. Uh, drill. You, that's what it is. Oh, yeah, U- UK, UK, UK. Yeah, it's UK, but you see New York doing a lot of it. Uh, like if we're in the United States, like you wouldn't go to Nashville for drill, and you wouldn't go to LA for drill, but you'd probably go to Atlanta or New York for drill. Like those two spots are booming for drill. But with that said, like. You know, you got a whole country worth of people traveling to one of four cities. Of course, you're going to find a bunch of different personalities. That's why it's kind of funny and weird and different because not one person has the same background unless they're native to L.A., at which point, I'll be honest, most native L.A. people don't work in the music industry. Yeah. 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 So uh, let's go into let's try to finish up here Um, real quick before we get onto the studio thing, um, which I already have something to say about that. But. This year, um, this episode is brought to you by the Mix of Music Podcast. If you'd like to listen to more episodes and you want to support us, go to mixofmusicpodcast.com forward slash exclusive uh, to gain access, to learn how to gain access to three times the amount of episodes and exclusive content just for your ears. And your ears only for $4 a month or 400 wait. Four dollars a month or forty dollars a year, not four hundred dollars a year. What I mean, I'll take it. I'll take it. If you're willing to, like, we'll just add a link to buy me a coffee, and then you could put it for. I think it's like eight hundred coffees. They'll come out to four hundred dollars. There you go. There you go. So, 
Um, we appreciate any sort of support as well as um, there's a ton of really, really good content there. Everybody that's subscribed stays subscribed, and that's there's a reason for that. It's it's because it's really solid content. Braden, who's the host of that, at Braden Flint Mastering, or Flint Mastering, at Flint Mastering, um, does a really great job curating the content and uh, teaching something uh, very applicable every single week about mixing, mastering, production, songwriting. I think this last week he had... A uh, few really awesome guests and talked about um, some really like practical things about mixing. So um, I hope he continues to do that. Anyway, um, let's talk about one good thing, one bad thing about the studio. Um, I'm trying to. I can't really. Lou, you. What's the one bad thing about the studio? Because I have a really good good thing. Okay, cool. Um, if I had to say one bad thing about the studio, I wouldn't necessarily put it on the business or any person, um, but rather. As we grow, so has our need for systems and everything, right? So we see that we have promoted quite a few people. Actually, it used to be just Matt and upper management, and now we've got uh, Machi who's joined the upper management kind of team. We've seen the rise of some people who are more veterans, and because of that, they're not necessarily having to be scheduled, right? This one I feel like is on me for better planning or better execution of this, but there has also been the rise of needing for more training and finding efficient ways of doing that. And as we've onboarded a few people, we have seen more turnaround, but I feel like that's partly because we've always seen turnaround, even with a small staff number, except now we have a bigger staff number. And so I see, okay, cool. We used to be a little more uh, free fall with the interns, which is if you're going to, if you want to stick around, we're not going to chase you. We're not going to schedule you. We expect you to want to be here, so hit us up when you can come in and everything. And we found a lot of our veterans that way. A lot of our veterans came from that process. This time, it's kind of like it's on schedule. So now I feel like we're chasing people for the schedule. And I'm not saying that that's uh, because of any person or any system necessarily, but I have uh, seen it to where it's like, you know what? This is still almost the same system. Because there's so many people, there should be a level of competitiveness involved. Like, let's be honest, like uh, Narig, Henry, uh, and Matt are probably the three longest running veterans alongside Dami, who I think came just a bit before, uh, after the three of them. But Narig is now teaching the classes. Even though he doesn't have to be here every day and we still would pay him to engineer or be a runner once in a while, um, he still offers free lessons out of our studio, which is actually a key sign of somebody who wants to be around. They're not being paid to do it, and it's an idea that came from their own end, and they've continued to follow up with it. Um, we now have our production teams and everything, and the leads of those teams seem to be very active about it. But as uh, as we grow... I do see more of the turnaround. That for me is just kind of like, oh man, I want to help out as much people as we can. But as the team grows, I see less of me being able to spread out. So my hope for next year with this one is just that, you know, I want I want to find ways to help more people. And part of that, like I started the YouTube channel to do more training stuff. And one of the things that I have an idea for is like things my assistant should know. So I kind of want to start crowdsourcing from the interns. Like how could we better train how could we better get people to stay because turnaround is going to happen in any industry no matter what you do the bigger you get the more turnaround that is going to happen right um i want to find a way to you know make sure people are getting the help that they need the more they help us because i feel like on my end i'm like 
if people are leaving because they feel like they're not getting as much help as they need, then I definitely want to change that. So actually, this is a good a good point to talk about because um, I was going to say our good thing is about that as well. So nice in uh, this year, I feel like we really leveled up with our systems to oh, the point yeah. where like I left to Japan for a month, you know, and it was covered and you didn't have to work. I mean, you work hard always. But no. there wasn't, and I'm not trying to say that it's, it's, I'm not a big impact on the studio, <laughs> but the fact that like we've have enough systems to go on. And that was six months ago before we created the new intern system where there's yeah. a schedule and people sign up for their times. Um, I think that was a crucial thing for us because everybody before was, I felt like there was a lot of lack of commitment to the studio, mostly because everybody wanted to help or else they wouldn't have offered doing free work for us. Yeah. And, and because, but people like weren't able to help and kind of distance themselves emotionally from the studio because there, they weren't, told what they could do to help the studio they were just more like hey just come if you want so i feel like we've had lots of turnaround like lots of people coming in to intern for us for like a month or two and then leaving but i also feel like we've retained a lot of people this year and that mm -hmm. overall in general the morale has been higher ever since we've retained the systems i think the group has become tighter and we're always looking for more interns but i mean i think that like this year we have capacity to be able to onboard all the interns and give them enough work where they feel productive and they feel like they earn something out of it as well. Oh yeah. So With like, the recent artist program, I've seen a lot of that really come to fruition where uh, we've got the marketing team doing like video behind the scenes and all that kind of stuff. Like there's going to be a really cool release on YouTube for that. Um, you see the engineering team really kind of pull together for the mixing, mastering, the recording and everything, the production team for producing the entire record and everything. So it's actually been like a really cool thing to see kind of, you know, come to life. Yeah. So as, as far as like the negatives, things that you were talking about, like, I don't disagree with you. In fact, mm -hmm. I also feel like in the same, in a different perspective, those same things was also our biggest strengths. Um, which I'm sure that there's some big, you know, uh, big lesson, that, big platitude that we can talk about here. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, you know, but I think the, there's the lesson that we can take away is, is that through all the troubles that we had, there was also a lot of growth, both within ourselves personally and within the studio world. Um, I think that this year, 12 months in some perspective went by really fast. I don't know about you, but it felt like this year went by really fast. I'm not going to lie. I was talking about this the other day with Anna and I'm like, I have no idea where the year went. I feel like we just celebrated like my birthday, which is in April, like a few months ago. And I was like, oh man, I'm 31 now. And now my birthday is only like four months away again. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm almost 32. What happened? Yeah. And then holy at the same crap. time, in another perspective, if I ask you to think about all the things that we did this year, we actually did a shit ton of things this year. Yeah. Honestly, that's where a lot of the time flew because we were busy the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Like we've, we got a lot of stuff done and a lot of personal growth. So um, I think that this year overall was a big success. Oh, and the last good thing about the studio is that financially speaking, this was the most profitable season year that we've ever had, especially during the slow months. Like last year, yeah. we almost, we didn't almost have to close down, but it, we were almost in the red last year. And this year, like so far, yeah. we're not even close. We've really got our shit together and figured out a way last to year, standardize we actually, everything. Yeah. Last year we actually had that conversation of like, okay, 
this is where we are. These are our options. We can continue to push. We can continue to do this, or we can, you know, decide to do this, move location, change our overhead amount, this and that. Like, you know, we talked about it like any business would talk about anything, but it's kind of funny because, you know me, I'm a, I'm a huge believer and I pushed for the belief in that, hey, it, we had a rough few months. This year is going to be better. And I'm glad to say that this year was, in fact, better, like in every direction, both in our wins, uh, of the people we were actually able to, I'm, and I hate to say it this way, but the, the names we were able to pull in, sure. But we also saw a lot of what our social outreach has yielded. I feel like this year was very evident in seeing that even though we cut certain abilities, like we don't allow studio uh, smoking or in-studio smoking, right? Cool. Was that this year that we cut that or was it last year? It's been a full year now. Uh, We had done it just a few months shy of the new year last year. I remember being like financially like, oh, the first two to three months afterwards was like scary because we're like, I don't know if we're going to make enough money because a lot of our clients were smoking clients. Yeah. And like it turned out to be one of the best decisions we've ever made. Yeah. To be honest, like we have uh, two active offers for residencies, which is a new thing we did this year. Um, Oh, I got to talk to you about that later. Yeah. Which is actually really cool because, um, you know, we see that like our demographic or what we set out to be, it took a little bit, but we managed to actually build our clientele based on what we choose to provide and not what we choose to tolerate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I think going back to the boundaries that we talked about earlier. Anyway, this is a great year as far as the the podcast goes. One one great thing about the podcast podcast this year hit over half a million downloads, Jeez. and we're easily in the one ten the the top one percent of all podcasts in general across all categories with uh, nice. with over five thousand uh, weekly listeners. Every single every single week, five thousand weekly downloads every single week. Um, closer to six or seven. Some some months we got close to ten. If you get if you have over five thousand weekly downloads, um, that puts you in the top one percent of all podcasts ever. Um, Where we've started the uh, the exclusive episodes, which has now tripled the amount of content that we've been making just about the podcast and figure out a way to monetize it and and give more value back. Um, we figured out, I started running ads this year for the podcast, another, another small win there. It's not much money, but it's something. Um, and then, uh, I think the podcast continued to grow in size. We've had great partners. Isotope was sponsoring us this year. Loughton as well. Autotune did a thing with us again this year. Golfos did another thing with us this year. Uh, IIA Headphones is doing a thing with us right now. Potentially Tegler is going to do something with us this next year Ooh. as well. Um, and, uh, there's a lot of good things happening as far as the growth goes. I think I could do a better, better job utilizing, um, this platform that we have created and kind of reaching out to more brands, um, and more collaborations. But at the same time, the fact that we don't have a shit ton of like collaborations and sponsorships every single episode is also part of the reason why we're able to talk our shit and be unbiased, you know, and, and, um, there's a, there's a beauty about that. And I think like this year, the podcast growth was phenomenal. And so thank you so much for uh, subscribing. Um, 
Thank you so much for listening, for sharing with your friends. Thank you so much for, I love seeing your Spotify raps when you tag us and show us that you're, we're in your top five most listened to podcasts. Oh yeah. Uh, I love being able to, I've had a lot of people reach out and thank me. I, I'm sure you've had the same. Thank me. Um, about being able to help them earn some money, win some client over, um, to, to make some major changes in their life, both about music and outside of it as well. And it's been very rewarding. And uh, it's, it's just a wonderful, wonderful platform that we've created. And it's so niche too. Like if you're a podcast listener, like it's kind of like a book reader. Like there's only so many people that listen to podcasts. And on top of that, they listen to this one. So it's like there's a really tight community behind it as well. Um, so I got a message on Instagram, you know, uh, that actually kind of surprised me. You might actually really like this one. I don't think I've told you this because this one was about like a month or two ago, but um, somebody messaged me saying that this podcast has saved them over 15 grand. Ooh. Saved, not made, but saved. And, you know, like it well, got it depends, my curiosity. It depends. It depends. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Explain. It got my curiosity. So I messaged them back. I'm like, hey, thank you for the kind words. I'm really glad you're a listener. Um, means a lot. If you don't mind elaborating, what do you mean we've helped you save $15,000? He's like, well, I've bought a lot of gear throughout the years, a lot of times overthinking the process. And I kept hearing you and DK talk about don't overthink it, just focus on, you know, doing better because no amount of gear is going to make you better. He said he was about to buy um, a Telefunken 251 and a CL1B. And I told him, like, hey, those aren't bad purchases, but you're absolutely right. It would not have made you a better engineer or artist. He's like, my main goal was to be a better artist. I was like, the gear absolutely would not have helped. He's like, that's the one thing that I really took away from the podcast. And so I'm happy to say that aside from saving that money, he apparently sold all the other mics he did not like, thinking that they would help him down the line. He said he ended up keeping two mics, one compressor, one preamp. He then made back about 30 grand in gear. That's so a, he, that's like amazing. me, like I really connected with this guy and I told him like, hey, like, thanks for letting me know because I used to buy gear left and right. Like, and a lot of times it was for personal choice, but now the only time I ever buy gear is for, you know, corporate choice. Like, is it for the studio? Is this something that our clients are looking for? Is this something that will help the business? If not, I don't want it. Dude, that, that's so beautiful because the thing that we, whenever we talk about gear and the lack of importance good gear makes or, or the importance good having gear is, it's never, we're never actually talking about the gear. We're yeah. talking about it's the, the wrong solution to a problem that you have. Mm -hmm. For example, this artist figured out this year something that most people never ever figure out, which is if you are insecure about your music, Buying good gear is only going to make you more insecure because then you realize you have everything and you still can't sound good. Now you have to double down and be like, well, no, see, my mix is better because mine's actually analog. It's and, like nobody and cares. And your subconscious knows it. It knows it. And you're going to get more into a mental rut. If you're able to get rid of everything and get better with the pure skill and you you're you know you have you build the confidence to know you can do a good job without anything and then get gear solid 
So, so I asked the them, wrong solution do? to the problem. The problem is not gear. The problem is usually some sort of confidence or skill. It's never so gear. I asked them, what did you do with the rest of the money that you got back from the gear? And this is a nice tie. This is a nice little bow on the present. Um, he said he invested in treating his room and in vocal lessons. Oh, yeah. good. He took oh. the money and invested in, you know, bettering himself as an artist and acoustically treating the space that he worked in. Nice. He said in total, he spent 10 grand. So he saved 20 grand on top and he's like, I just put it to savings and we'll see what happens next. That's, that's actually really great. Again, yeah. I think the lesson to take away from this for anybody listening right now is that I don't hate gear. I just don't I believe <laughs> I don't believe gear is the answer to the problem you're trying to solve. In fact, gear is rarely ever the answer to the problem you're trying to solve. Um, so <laughs> it's 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 just incredible. That makes me so happy to hear. And and yeah. more importantly, not so much about like him getting rid of gear, but more so that he's figured out the true problem and he's finding trying to find real solutions and and, yeah. and actually like focusing on what is actually important and what's actually going to help improve him. I'm a big fan of investing yourself in education, whether that's paying someone or or reading and taking the time to learn yourself. Um there's a lot of free online courses outside of YouTube, online college level courses that are just totally free um, out there. I, what is it? I think Harvard has a free coding yep. course, basic coding coding course that if you just want to learn how to do that, it's cool. Um, anyway, there's a lot of free resources out there and it's really, it takes no money, but it's more so motivation, consistency, and like the desire to, to be better, which I think is incredibly important and rec like because people will buy gear thinking that they want to be better, but they don't actually want to be better. If you really wanted to be better, you would work hard to become better to solve problems. Like, for example, if you, if you really wanted to lose weight, then you would stop complaining and go to the gym. Yep. But if you have a problem with losing weight... Right, and most most of the time there are obviously some far and few uh, exceptions, but most of the time people actually don't hate themselves that much or don't hate being overweight that much. Because if you did, you would do something about it. Yep, you're okay with it. That's com the complacency, and and uh, I think that's the thing with gear is that you're, what you're really doing is saying that I'm complacent and I don't, I'm not really willing to learn how to get better. The funny thing is it's harder to get to the core of the issue than some people may think it to be. At first we think it's like, well, the gear did make it sound better. It's like, yeah, you know, I'm sure it did. Going to the gym did make you a yeah, little bit Yeah, but what did you learn from <laughs> but, but if that's not like what the actual goal was, then it's, you know, it's not really going to work out long term, right? Like, uh, you know, I've been going to the gym now for, I want to say four months now, I think. I'm going in on fifth month now and I've been going pretty consistently. Like I think we took like the week off for Christmas and Thanksgiving, like, you know, the major holidays, but outside of that, you know, going five days a week. And my major reasoning for it was very different than losing weight or looking good. It was when I speak of myself, I also want other people to take me more seriously because if I'm not willing to take myself seriously, my own health, then how can I expect somebody else to take me seriously in general, no matter what I'm talking about? I won't even take myself seriously. So 
finding your motivation and f- getting to the core of things will help you kind of hit your own goals for whatever you want to set for 2023. But, you know, like sometimes if we're able to help with a little push like we did for dude that save some money or like our interns who are kind of coming up and they're starting to find their own clients, like, you know, that's what this podcast is about nowadays, right? Like we're just trying to figure out like, hey, like we're not trying to talk shit. We will point things out, whether they're positive or negative, but we definitely want to find ways to help people. And we don't always know if we are. So reach out. Let us know if we did. Let us know if we've messed something up, you know, but like we definitely want to know if we're making a difference or not. Yeah. I actually think the last thing that I want to say before I end the episode is that I think there's a big lesson to learn about you going to the gym this year, which is this, which is this, like, first off, the core problem is not usually, hold on, how do, okay, with the habits that you've decided to create now, which is hard, like it takes a lot of work, both mentally, both mentally and physically, to build habits of going to the gym, to eat less snacks, to stop soda or whatever it is, right? I'll, I'll say and, it this way. It's four months in, the gym still sucks. Yeah, it still <laughs> sucks. Like you might make some friends and it might slowly become a little bit easier. Like the habit of waking up early in the morning might become easier after you've done it a few times, you know? But the cool thing is, is that like Lou, you haven't, if I may say so, you haven't gone through some crazy mind-blowing um transformation yet Mm -hmm. but you've had small transformations and i know that if you keep doing what you're doing you will have a big transformation like for example a year from now continuing your same habits that you have versus right now to a year from now like in retrospect it'll be a huge transformation that was only made step by step by being consistent and that's the thing like again with with getting better with music as well i think uh, we've talked about the hardest thing the, the hardest, most difficult thing about doing music is that getting better is just so subjective. It's so personal based on your own personal tastes that it's, it's very difficult to see yourself improving. And it's not yeah. until you've been trying to do it full time for five to ten years that you really realize, oh shit, I could do this thing. Literally yesterday for the Christmas morning um congregation at my church yesterday my wife and i had to play a song and i played guitar i played i did like a bossa nova version of away at a manger and my wife sang as well it was a really cute thing and i was playing the guitar and i realized i couldn't play scales or play the chords that i'm playing right now five years ago and i haven't even practiced that much it's more it's more like like yeah I've just been playing so long that like, oh my gosh, like this shit is easy. And yeah. it's just like, I didn't even realize I got better. It's just that consistency thing. So I think that's the hardest thing is is recognizing that you are getting better, having faith in the habits, having faith that, okay, I'm going to the gym every day, but I'm not seeing a difference. But I know if I keep going to the gym, I'm going to see a difference. Oh, and, yeah. believe, and that's a belief in self. And a lot of people are incapable yet still of believing in themselves and i want i i think a big part of this podcast and the reason why we say the things that we do which is sometimes outlandish and filled with bullshit is because the point of us is not to be right the point of the things that we say especially the crazy shit that we say is for everyone to be able to believe in themselves more even if it's 
even if it's delusional. I am okay with people believing themselves delusionally. In fact, I support that more than a rational belief in yourself. (laughs) Um, But I want it to be earned. I want it to be a delusional belief in yourself because you realize and you really believe you can be more consistent than the next fucking person. Not because you're special, but because you can make yourself special. Oh, yeah. Take all your little wins and really appreciate them. Like, I remember... Like, the way I see my wins at the gym, because like you said, I agree. I haven't gone through a major transformation, but I do notice the little wins. Like, you were talking when about I like- started out mixing, I was like, oh, my God, my drums are hitting so damn hard. They've got that cannon kick drum on the double pedal, <laughs> and I found a way to, like, sidechain the filter so when it's triggering more, it filters out a little bit of the lows so the double pedals don't sound so flabby in the lows. And, like, I'm so excited about this one fucking thing that has nothing to do with the overall mix, but rather just one small element in the mix. But it made such a big deal to me because it was one of those goals. And as you hit your goals, you start setting more. Going to the gym, it's kind of funny. I got a big belly. I, you know, I want it gone, obviously. But, like, anytime where uh, I go with Anna, uh, my fiance, like, I congratulate her on moving five pounds up two pounds up on her weightlifting uh like when we started she was just squatting the bar and i think by next week or the week after she'll be ready to do 25 pounds each side of the bar nice like she's going to increase 50 pounds after like two three months of going to the gym and doing the squats and it's funny because it's not even that she's like comparing herself to other girls i told her like look take your time don't worry about what it is like i'm here i'm here to support just the same idea goes like if you don't see how you can progress, find a mentor, find somebody who you can grow with. If you want to grow as an engineer, find a musician that you really like and say, hey, I'd love to record you playing drums for your YouTube channel. I just kind of want to get better at it or I just would like some more experience under my belt. Like and just reach out. You wouldn't believe how much support there is in the world, but take every little win and make it a badge. Wear it on your sleeve like you have no idea how incredible I feel when I go to the gym and I just see that one little muscle flare on my chest. Just just that one little tiny muscle. But I'm like, it's progress, though. It's it's signs of what I want for the future. It's not yeah. that I want a six pack, but a healthier version of myself, a more serious about uh, serious about myself version of myself. The same thing applies to the studio. When you hear that snare, the way you like it. Oh, my God. I, want, I wonder, oh this God. is another th- thought that I'm having right now is is the idea that for example i don't know if specifically the sound of my snare my preferred sound of my snare has changed so much as much as my confidence and belief in my snare sounds good yes you know what i'm saying like i think the first few years my snare actually got better and like it's like oh my shit is sounding good now but i think Mm -hmm. the last couple of years has been more so like an increase in confidence, like less change in sound, but more so just more confidence in my sound. I feel like whenever I talk to people who have been doing it longer than me, like I've been doing this now 12 years. Um, and when I was 18, um, cause I'm going on 13 years now, but, um, in the first like four years, it was just a lot of like, I play in a band. That's what our drum sounds like. But then you forget like, Oh, if you want to sound commercial, there's like processing needed. Then the older you get and the longer you've been doing it and the more you talk to people who are older than you, they're like, no, you're doing too much. You don't overthink it. And then you start backing off what you do. And then your, your confidence comes from like, 
I know when not to do something. Yeah. 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 And I feel like that's kind of transformation. It's like when you need to push it, you now have confidence that you can push it as far as you want. But you also have the confidence of saying, I don't need to push it. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, on that note, uh, I we usually have a uh, maybe next week we could talk briefly about our goals, but every yeah. year at New Year's, my wife and I we do goals, and this year I was actually able to hit most of them. I did do a lot more content this year. I kind of slowed down in the last quarter, but I did a lot more content this year, a ton more content. I did a lot of reading this year. I started running this year. So um, there's a lot of good things that happened. And there's I've seen a lot of good things and changes from you as well. So congratulations to us both. Um, oh, and yeah. we, hope, we hope that more so, we've also failed a lot this year, both you and I. Uh, but that's the only reason why I'm bringing that up is because I don't want anybody listening to podcasts be like, I've had a shit year. And, yeah. and like I'm just not like DK and Lou. That's not the case. You no. are potentially better than DK and Lou. Um, and the good thing about eating shit is that now <laughs> you know how to avoid it. And that's the great thing, dude. That's the great thing. And as we say, sometimes sometimes this is a quote from uh, a book that I read many years ago. We, this is a kind of the slogan of LaunchPod Media, the marketing company that we have. It's uh, <laughs> We say, if you got to eat shit, don't nibble. all right on that note happy mixing my friends thank you so much for a wonderful 2022 happy new year happy well today's the last day of hanukkah um but not tomorrow happy hanukkah happy kwanzaa happy chris merry christmas happy new year um remember to love yourself remember to keep growing happy mixing my friends and stay saucy Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.